Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio on a football Friday heading into championship Sunday. We've got plenty of time to dive into these games. But first, I will tell you this. I've been around long enough that rarely do things happen that really surprise me. One of them has. Let's start with that. Here we go. Only one place to start. The Baltimore Ravens, they will host who? Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Conference Championship Weekend. Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs have seemingly found it. They're in the middle of a dynastic run. This is an attitude game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to step on this field with the attitude. From the yeah, yeah. I need everything you got. Could the Ravens start their own dynasty? Jackson pumps, throws back end zone, grab, caught, touchdown. The Baltimore Ravens are a legit one seed. At some point, y'all are going to just learn your lessons. Do not count out Patrick. All right, so everyone is ready for the football games this weekend, and we'll certainly get into those Chiefs and Ravens, Lions and Niners. The uh, the law firm of Tannenbaum, Graziano, and Greenberg is now officially open for the next little while, and I want to start with the coaching stuff because, as I said, very, very seldom. I mean, I've been around, all three of us have been around a long time at this point, longer than any of us probably would like to acknowledge. <laughs> and when that is the case... Things don't usually surprise you that much because you've just seen just about everything happen and you've learned that the things you don't expect are still quite likely to take place. If you had told me several weeks ago, Dan Graziano, that Bill Belichick was going to definitively want a head coaching job in the NFL next year, which everyone connected to this tells me he does, Mm -hmm. and be unable to find one that teams would be going in every other direction, that most teams aren't even interested in talking to him or interested enough that those conversations took place, and that the one team that everyone had sort of positioned him toward, which is Atlanta, would interview him twice and then move in another direction, that he was going to spend a year at least on the outside looking in, that's one that really surprises me. I would not have expected that. No, and even the last couple of days, as, as it was clear they were interviewing and considering other candidates in Atlanta, uh, you still felt like, ah, it might eventually turn that way, right? It might eventually turn toward Belichick at the end. I got a text yesterday afternoon from somebody who I've been talking to that, you know, that knows Belichick and, and, and said he had been told Atlanta wanted to get it wrapped up by tomorrow, meaning today at this point. And I was shocked because at that point, Atlanta was still scheduled to fly to Detroit and Baltimore next week to interview their coordinators like they were still in their process. And then about an hour or so later, they announced Raheem Morris. And I think the, I think a lot of people were floored, you know, to their credit, Atlanta really went in with an open mind. The owner wanted Belichick at the outset of this, but was willing to listen to his people and was willing to interview other people. This is what the, this is what the, the whole like the whole process that the NFL has set up for interviewing coaches is supposed to do. Right, get you off of your first read and make you consider other options. And they get Raheem Morris in Arthur Blank's house on Tuesday night, and they're all reminded of why they love him. He was on their staff for six years. So I think they got to the point where, like, let's not overthink this. And then as a result, they don't hire Bill Belichick, who has not interviewed anywhere else, and it looks like he's on the outside looking in. And I think the lesson we're learning is that these teams are looking for different things than we might have expected them to be looking for when the head coach uh, cycle opened, and I think uh, in a good way in a lot of cases. Yeah, I think a couple of things can be true here. First of all, Raheem Morris, 100% hard stop, deserves another opportunity. He checked every box, you know, really struggled as a first-time head coach, but then coached on the other side of the ball. I think the other thing, as we talked about, Greeny, is he had an 11-game job interview. Through your, that matters. Like, you get to see somebody in the job. 
But on the other side of it, you know, talking about Coach Belichick, obviously someone that, you know, really made a big difference in my career, and I revere him, and I know I'm not always objective about it, but he is a guy that has six Super Bowl titles, and you could get him for no draft choice compensation, and not just to pick on a name, but Dave Canales, like, are you kidding me? Like, first of all, like Seattle, he was in their building. They didn't even interview him. He's called plays for one year, and if the three of us were running an NFL team and we could have Bill Belichick or Dave Canales, like, what are we talking about here? Well, so I, that, that's who got hired in Carolina. I don't know whether or not that's something that would have interested Belichick or not. That's, that's the least attractive coaching situation in the NFL by far. The question I have on Canales is who is he bringing as a special teams coach? Because that's who will be their interim coach <laughs> oh, after week 13 of next year. Well, dude, that's, just I'm sorry. Got, dude, that's just, just got, what they've just become. just got the job. Like, you gotta, you're firing he, him already. And he, God bless him. He got a six-year contract. <laughs> He's going to get paid a fortune, but the owner will change his mind in no time. But forgetting that for a minute, I'm talking about the jobs that we would have assumed Belichick would be interested in. I think we would have assumed he'd be at least a little interested in the Chargers. I think it's pretty clear he was interested in the Falcons. He was interested enough to interview with them twice. There were some other. Now, maybe he was sitting back and waiting to see if Dallas might open, Philly might open. I keep hearing that Kansas City might open. Maybe he'll sit back and wait another year. He's been very close to the Giants for essentially his entire professional life. Maybe that's something he'll come back to. But at this moment, based upon the way this has gone, I think it's likelier than not he doesn't ever wind up coaching in the NFL again. It's possible. It certainly doesn't seem like he'll coach there this year. And, and, you know, what happens? What's it look like a year from now? How many openings are there? Where are they? How ready-made are they? How willing are those organizations to bring in Bill Belichick? Fair or not, there was a perception that if we bring in Bill Belichick, we got to turn over our whole building. He's going to want player personnel control. He's going to bring his own coaches. He's going to bring his own this. He's going to bring his own that. And, and you're confronting the idea of replacing a lot of people that work for you for a guy that, that might only be there a couple of years. Like, he's not, you're not hiring Bill Belichick for the next 10, 12 years. But, but that could work, though. Like, context is everything. Bill Parcells went to the Dallas Cowboys, and it worked. And I think there will be a situation next year. I'm hard-pressed to think that – Next year, be it Philadelphia, you know, fill in the blanks, Giants, Cowboys, some team is going to say, yeah, for the next three years, I'd love to have Bill Belichick. And by the way, not to get too into the weeds here, but I've been places where Bill Parcells hasn't been in the building for 20 years and the same scouting system still used. So right. there's still value in the systems and processes that could be put in place. So there will be some aging owner next year who doesn't have a lot of time left to say, like, yeah, I'll take Bill Belichick at 73 for three years. Dallas. I mean, that's the one that would make sense. We were talking about a ready-made opportunity, yeah. a place he could step in, and they're ready to win, and they just need the coach to take them over the top. Philadelphia, Dallas, those are the two that immediately jumped to mind. And maybe if one of them had come open this offseason, maybe he would have gotten that It's job. possible, sure, but they didn't. And, you know, they, they knew that he was available, right, and made the decisions to keep the guys they had. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think it – I think to Mike T's point, yes, I think it could be a good move to turn over your whole building to bring Belichick in. But I think the teams that had head coach openings this offseason were a little had a little trepidation about it. For so, whether they were right or wrong, I, I believe they did. So, Grouse, to your point, Green, you brought this up on the TV show, which is this, like, the people making those decisions, did they do what was best for the organization or did they do what was best for them? I mean, ultimately, it's the owners making the decisions, right? But so what, who did they listen to? And yeah, I, it's fascinating. But I don't think I, I, I don't think it's like I, it is surprising. I, I, I don't I, I think there are legitimate reasons why uh, we're at the heading toward the end of this coaching cycle and he doesn't have a job. Well, and so 
We've just gone over what some of them are. His age, concerns about longevity and tenure, all those kinds of things. We must, I think, acknowledge the other side, which is I don't view him this way, but certainly Brian Clark expressed this on TV this morning and others, that maybe he is someone who the uh, who time has passed by. Not, not that he can't still X and O the hell out of a football game, sure. because I would pick him to do that over literally anyone else you offered me. But that a young generation of players, R.C. described it as kids who grew up in the NIL generation, who grew up in a transfer portal generation, who grew up in a generation where your brands matter individually. Don't don't relate to someone who views this business the way he does, who view what being a football player means the way he does. And and maybe that is more of a factor than I'm giving it credit but, for. But, but I'll say this, like. And, and I can see why there's that perception. And certainly the last three years, like, the record hasn't been great offensive being stale. But at his core, he is a teacher. Like, he is an educator. Like, he has been able to reach a disparate group of people for 40-plus years. So I don't think those skills go away overnight. Clearly, relatability is certainly going to be a factor. But I, I would love to have him on the show, you know, in May or June and say, hey, what did you do the last couple months? And I think we'd all be shocked. Like, I just know him. No one's a tougher critic on himself than he is, and I think he'll look at this once the emotion dies down and the you know anger and the disappointment, and I think he'll figure out a way to say, you know what, like I need to tweak, I need to modify things, and I, whatever version of Bill Belichick comes back, I think it'll be a better one. Yeah, I don't know that it's a matter of games passed him by, because I think to your point, I mean, like teachers teach and they adapt, like he... He did last 24 years in New England. Like, it's not like he was always coaching the exact same generation of players the whole time, uh, and he did have success for a very long time. But I do think there's something to be said for sort of what was the energy like in, in the interview, right? Like, there's a reason you meet these guys and interview them in person, right? I mean, Raheem Morris, again, they're all friends. They all know each other, and he's such a, a positive and upbeat. I'm sure that his vision for the Atlanta Falcons organization is, is, is full of, you know, is full of hope and excitement and all these kinds of – and Belichick may have gone – I don't know this, but he may well have gone in there his – you know, surly self, and, and you may have walked out of there as an owner saying, do I want to work with this guy every day? Like, is that going to be fun? Foxborough, as much success as they had, has been, has, a, has had a reputation as kind of a tough place to work. And I know, I've been, it in, I, that, I've been right? in the program a couple of times. It's yeah. about winning. It's not always easy, but, you know, neither is winning. Like, yeah. working, working for Andy Reid, you could ask this, it isn't easy. Like, right. there are, there's a reason some guys have sustained success. All right, so we'll see what winds up happening. Again, I'm surprised. There's two more openings. He's not getting either of them. I, don't, I mean, no one thinks. I don't think so. Right? Seattle is one, and uh, Washington, Washington is the yeah. other. Uh, the whole system, it's another conversation for another time, is that like some of the most qualified people are the people who are still coaching right now. Mike McDonald and, and Aaron Glenn, who I always root for because he was a Jet. Mm-hmm. Um, and ben the, Johnson. Uh, ben Johnson Detroit. is the name that was jumping out of my head. Yep. So we'll see if any of them wind up getting hired in this cycle as well. Time is running out. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you will love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Um, Danny, you're headed out to San Francisco. You've got the 49ers for us. Open up the notebook. What should everybody know about this NFC championship game? Yeah, I mean, the 49ers, they got away with one last week. I mean, you know, a couple players I talked to said they were not aware of that stat about how they'd never come back from a touchdown behind in the fourth quarter under Kyle Shanahan. But once they were made aware of it, they, they're now glad that they did, right? Because they have that feeling that they can. I think the weather will be a lot better, which, which is a factor. Debo Samuel practiced yesterday on a limited basis, which is encouraging for his chances to play in the game. 
San Francisco, you know, they got to the NFC Championship game last year and immediately lost their quarterbacks to injury and, and felt like they had no chance to win that game. So Kyle Shanahan gathers the team early this week and says, guys, after everything, you're right back where you were. Like, what would you have given a year ago for a chance to be right back where you are and have the game at home? And I think that message really got through to uh, certainly all the guys that were there last year, which is most of them. Uh, and I, I, think they're, I think they're fired up. But, I mean, Detroit is not to be messed around with. You open this show by talking about stuff that, you know, you've been doing it long enough, stuff doesn't surprise you. To me, that's what makes the games so cool. That's why I still love going to and covering these games because those, the those are the things that surprise you. You really don't know what you're going to get when you show up on game day, and that's what makes it so exciting. So I'm fired up for this. I'm fired up for both of them. I think it's going to be a fun day. Yeah, like I, my takeaway from last week was obviously different than everybody else's, but clearly like Brock Purdy, something was off. Like we talked about like yeah. him wiping his hand in the middle of the play, some of his throws. I think they survived that. Like, you know, I think about someone like Tiger Woods who can win a tournament. He's not driving well, but boy, he really putted well. Like they won with their B game. Yeah. And to me, that's the sign of greatness. Like, I expect them to play much better. Like, candidly, I think as much as I love Detroit, I work with AG, he'll be a great head coach, Detroit's secondary isn't good. Like, I think this is a 10-point win. I, like, on paper, I don't think this is a good matchup for the Lions' defense. Very often, not, all, not every year, but very often we get to the Super Bowl and we say, oh, those are the best teams all year. Yeah. But, right? I, mean, right. I think if, we, if we're looking at a Baltimore-San Francisco Super Bowl in a couple of days— I think that's the conversation people will be having. Uh, yeah. I mean, the one seeds don't always get there. They, they have been dominant. Um, I, I, Kansas City, you give them the puncher's oh. chance because they've got 15. And Detroit has just been on this magic carpet ride. We'll see if they can take it all the way to Las Vegas. Good fun, guys. Thank you very much, Dan. Travel safely. Thank you. Tannenbaum, thank you, as always. We'll take a short break. We'll come back. we got the entire hashtag crew ready to go. Hembo's got... He's got a hygiene discrepancy again today that we got to dive into all that and a whole lot more on a football Friday on ESPN radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny. The Get Up staff have a pre-show meeting at 6 a.m. And then Hembo and I take a look at what Cam has put in our Google Doc. We look at the rundown and go over the things that we want to do. Today, that meeting went a little longer than usual. And I looked at Hembo when we walked out the door and I said, you want to go into the office and do that? And Hembo said, do you want to do that now or do you want to go to the bathroom first? The part of this that bothers me, when he said that to me, I did have to go to the bathroom. This is Greedy. Presented by Progressive Insurance, there are very few hard, fast rules in life. But one of them is when one of your colleagues knows when you need to go to the bathroom before you do, you've been working together too long. We've been working together too closely for too long that you now know my habits. You know that at about 6.50 a.m., I'm going to need to disappear for a few minutes. And, and I don't like that you know that. I mean, your, your regularity yeah. is, is one of my favorite things about you. Well, I, and it applies to every element of my life. That so, some people's regularity is another person's consistency. And another person's OCD to the max. I need to know exactly where everything is at all times. Everything has a place. Everything has a time. Everything has to be done in its way. And whenever any of those things are off, I am thrown completely, which is a great example of how my new phone is making me insane. I hate it. I literally hate it. I'm going to to drop it in the street and have a truck run it over. I hate it so much. I finally got back on Twitter. So this crisis has been averted. Thankfully, senior management at ESPN reached out. I'm not sure if they talked directly to Elon Musk, but they talked to somebody over there and they got me back on. So I'm back up and running on that. So if you need me there, I'm at ESPN Greeny, which is the same address I have on Instagram and everything else. So but thankfully, I got that working again. Today, we, we got through most things. Today, the issue was yours, not mine. No, today, the issue was your Wi-Fi. Oh, I had issues with my phone. That's my, yeah, I've got phone issues up the yin-yang. I, I don't even know where to begin to describe how awful my new phone is. It's awful. Everything about it is awful. I hate it. Having said that, Bubba, I'm delighted to say that today's discrepancy in life is not about me. It's not about my bathroom ha- habits or issues. It's about someone else's. Now, you're the producer of this show. Right. I have two things ready to go here. I can have a very good, serious, meaningful, hardcore conversation about football, mm. which I have prepared and ready. Okay. Or we can talk about an issue we have with Hembo, his hygiene, and the bathroom. Okay. Mm. Well, we can do one of those two things. You're the producer. You get to make the choice. Yeah. Well, I actually don't know the hygiene story, so I'm curious about that one. Let's go down that road. Okay. Apparently, Evan Cohen opened unsportsmanlike this morning here on ESPN Radio, 6 a.m. on a football Friday leading into the conference championships by talking about an issue he has 
with him. I'm not in a good mood. I'm just going to be honest with you about this. Something happened to me literally moments ago that is just completely uncalled for. Oh, no. I'm walking down the hallway here at ESPN. I see Hembo uh, from Greeny walking out of the bathroom. He's going. He's turning his back to me. He then turns around, and I say, hey, how you doing? And he gives me the fist bump. Oh, no. I said, Hembo, did you wash your hands? He goes, I did the pump. I said, what do you mean you did the pump? He did the hand sanitizer. sanitizer. That's not you're washing your hands. No. So he gave me the fist bump, knowing he didn't wash his hands <laughs> immediately after the bathroom. And I'm sitting there like, what am I supposed to do? So I mean, the question, I guess, here is, is that or is that not a violation? Do you have any? First off, do you have any? Uh, is his story fully accurate? It is fully accurate. It, you have no you are not denying the charge as has been levied. He did not mischaracterize the story at all. OK. First of all, before we go to you for your defense, we allow the prosecution in here, <laughs> uh, and that would be both Bubba and Cam. Bubba slash Cam, do you have any issue with Hembo using the sanitizer, using the uh, waterless, as we call it in my house, and not washing his hands and then giving a fist pump to Evan Cohen? Uh, I do. I think the hand sanitizer, what I use it for is like, on the go, if you have, you know, like a little bottle of hand sanitizer, I know we have these machines. Like, if you need a, a, a quick rinse or something like that, but if you go to the bathroom, you're in the bathroom. You can just wash your hands in the bathroom much more fully than I, I think you get from a hand sanitizer. And then to fist bump your coworker after that, I feel like even if you had fully washed your hands, maybe avoid other people's hands for a little while. Oh, oh, hold on, I do need to cut you off because there was one thing that I did not characterize properly. We, we did fist bump. But I went for the handshake, ah. and he fist bumped me, so I decided to capitulate and give him the fist. Okay, that's worse by you and better by him. <laughs> Bubba? Well, uh, shockingly, I'm actually on Hembo's side here. Let's uh, go! I am, I am pro hand sanitizer, and especially because of the – I don't know if you, you haven't been to Building 2 here in a long time, Granny. The Building 2 bathroom here at ESPN Radio is one of the worst bathrooms in the probably – Company bathrooms in the history of the world. That is true. So I want to get in and out of that room as quickly as possible, and I don't wash my hands in there. I'm saying right now, I do not wash my hands in that bathroom. However, I will immediately leave and go to the hand sanitizers that Cam is referencing. Ever since the pandemic, they have those pretty much all over the place attached to the wall. So I'll go right up to them. You know, you put your hand there, it dispenses, and I'll soap up fully and then go there. Well, I will agree with Cam is, I don't think immediately after the bathroom, soap, no soap, whatever, you should be shaking hands and going right up to someone. So I'm kind of in the middle on that one. I agree with Cam on that, and I agree with, but I'm overall I'm with Hembo. I, do, I think it's okay if you use sanitizer. I think you're fine. Yours, what's the, if, if sanitizer doesn't work, then what are we doing? Exactly. It's just not as full of a rinse as the full hand wash. I'd like some scientific data on that, because <laughs> if not, then we should get it out of here. Then get it off the walls. Well, we have one of them right here. What does that say on it? Does it say it kills 97% of germs? They usually say... It says 99.99. 99. That's a pretty big number. But, but here's the problem. See, what you have both done is you have both overlooked, in my opinion, the appropriate and only answer. And I'm going to tell you right now, Hembo is not to blame. The person who got this wrong is Evan. I don't shake people's hands. I don't give fist pumps. I don't want your germs, and I'm not offering you mine. 
I have been for years now, going back to our days on Mike and Mike, a huge proponent of the bow. They've been bowing in Asia for thousands of years. And you know what they don't do? They don't give each other a cold for no obvious reason. I was in Japan last summer. It was a freaking delight. Hello, hello. I'll bow, you bow. I don't need to. Do you know the origin of the handshake in this country? It was originally done so that two men, when meeting, could demonstrate that neither of them was holding a gun in their hand. That's where this actually came from. I've looked it up. So here's what I have now just made the unilateral decision to do. When I meet you, I'm going to trust the idea that you're not packing, and I promise you I'm not either. So let's just look at each other, give each other a little nod of acknowledgement, give each other a bow or something else. I do not need any of your germs in order to acknowledge that I know you and I'm, I'm offering a friendly greeting. So the person who is in the wrong here is Evan Cohen. It may seem rude, but when people walk up to me and extend their hand to shake it, I don't take their hand. I don't want to do it. I'm more than happy to say that's not really my thing, and I think hopefully that is something that will spread. If we just live through a freaking pandemic, I don't want anybody's germs. I'm not interested in them, and I'm not giving you mine. So the one who's in the wrong here was Evan. Mm. If you extended your hand, he should just have said, Listen, I see you every freaking day. Why do I need to shake your hand? I see you all the time. I will see you seven more times today. Mm -hmm. Why are you shaking hands in greeting in the first place? Because it was the first time we saw each other that day. So what? It was the 50th time you've seen each other this week. We see each other a lot. I will say this, and you're you're not exaggerating at all. I've known you for 10 years. We've never shaken hands. Sometimes you have extended... And we never will. You have extended for me your elbow before. I, I don't even like to do that, but if I must, I will. That's the most... You'll also notice when mm-hmm. we go to book signings, you have your pen and I have mine. If someone asks me if I can sign something with their pen, I would greatly prefer not to do it. If someone says, would you take a picture, I'm not handing you my phone and I'm not taking yours. You touch things, you keep your germs over there where you are... I'll keep my germs over here where I am. You were social distancing before it was cool. Oh, I was doing all of this. I had masks. I love a mask. People complain. A mask is a delight. I put a mask on every time I get into an Uber or a cab. You know why? It stinks in there. <laughs> They've all got this freaking black tree hanging from a little thing, and it smells like death. It's way worse smelling that than it is smelling anything else. I keep a little mask in my pocket. I get in. I put that on. There's no bad smell. I got no issue with that whatsoever. It's a delight. That men's room you're talking about at ESPN that bothers you so much, Bubba, put a mask on. You won't even know. Notice there are no odors cease to be a problem, especially after having my nostrils waxed inadvertently. Mm. I can't tell you how much odors are a problem for me. This is a non-issue at this point. By the way, Bubba, Evan is not the first person that works here that has an issue with my hygiene. Because like I said, I always use the pump outside the bathroom. Right. But sometimes if you're going to the bathroom at the same time as someone else and they stop to wash their hands and you don't and you just escape and then you wind up doing the pump, they don't see you do the pump. So there are people walking around this building that just think that I'm filthy yeah. because they've never seen me wash my hands. Well, let me make it clear. Most people walking around this building have a negative impression of you <laughs> of some kind. Uh, I would say your hygiene is like super low on the list of reasons. But anyway, so have I, have I cleared this up, Bubba? Are you, are you satisfied now with this? We should not be shaking hands in the first place. It is an archaic system of greeting i don't there's no earthly reason to continue doing it i uh, know i'm with you overall I, I i agree with your sentiments i 
I'm all for stopping shaking hands. I agree with you. Uh, I hope people are listening right now and say, hey, I agree with Greeny. I'm done. Let's start the movement. I hope everyone everyone agrees, and let's stop We're it. bowing let's instead. stop it right here and now. Bow. What's no wrong with it? Or you know what? How about just like a nice head nod of yeah. acknowledgement? Or a salute. I walk down the streets of this city all the time, right? I'm walking around. People see me all the time. My face has been on TV for so freaking long. People know what I look like. They know who I am. So when they walk by me, they don't walk over and shake my hand. We walk, hey, how Greeny, how are you? Hey, good. I'm good. How are you? We'll shake us. Someone took a picture. Fine. I'm happy to take a picture. We don't have to shake hands to do it. I'm not handing you my phone. <laughs> if you want to take a selfie, go ahead and take it. Don't give it to me to take it. I don't care how long your arms are, how short mine are. That's not what's going to happen. And you're here. just willing to run the risk that they're not bearing arms? I I am I, willing to accept that risk. <laughs> okay. We're not shaking hands, and that's the way it goes. Okay. I'm glad that we were able to clear that up. So someone call up Evan and tell him he's the one who got it wrong. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. All right, how many teams have made the correct decision on their head coaching moves or lack thereof? Okay, so let's go through these. I'm just going to say the name of a coach that's been hired, and you tell me, did this team, let's even go further than that. On a scale of 1 to 10, what rating would you give this hire by the team itself? All things being taken into account, however you want to judge this. The Chargers hiring Jim Harbaugh on a scale of 1 to 10, what rating would you give that? That's a 10. I agree. I mean, if, 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 if a scale of 1 to 10, it's an 11. That's, that's, the, that's the best hiring that was going to happen in this cycle. The Patriots elevating Gerard Mayo to their job. I'll give them a 7. I don't know that much about him, and they didn't interview anybody else. But it seems to be the guy that they wanted. Here's why I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt uh, and, and say I'll give it a 10. Hmm. Because Kraft is a guy who his judgment on this, I think, must be um, respected. He saw in Bill Belichick stuff no one else did. When he decided that he needed to hire Belichick and gave compensation to the Jets and everything else, and you heard him at his press conference a couple of weeks ago when he said that he always regretted letting Bill get away when Parcells left and all the rest of that, I'm telling you right now, History can be written any way you want to. If you go back to that time, no one thought Belichick was the candidate you had to have. So Kraft knows what he's doing, and he has been around Mayo longer than he's been around Belichick, or more than he's been around Belichick. So I think you give him the benefit of the doubt. If I'm, if I'm Robert Kraft, I'm trusting my instinct on this as well. I also think everything I've heard coming out of it has been extraordinarily positive. Let's call it a 95 Antonio Pierce Raiders. This is a 10 for me, too. This is someone that has a body of work. This is someone that has proof of concept. And last time, they had the interim that worked in Rich Passaccia. They decided to hire the celebrity instead, and he sucked. I think they're making the right decision here because he demonstrated last year that he can do the job over a durable period of time. I I think that's right as well. I I think Antonio Pierce, the most important thing, if we're sitting here talking about Bill Belichick not having a job, the most important thing a a coach can do is relate to players. Speak to them in a way... And you don't have to have been a former player for this, but it doesn't hurt. Particularly a relatively recent former player as Antonio Pierce is. He's 40-something years old. He's not 50 or 60-something years old. So he has a reasonable idea of the experience these players are having more so than most others do. But you can relate to players without having been one. He clearly does. We all know Antonio. He worked here at ESPN 
And and again, to your point, he was there. I was sure they were going to overthink this. <laughs> I was sure they were going to outthink themselves. And so give credit to Mark Davis. He did what the owner never does. He did the obvious thing. And in this case, I think it was the right thing. Brian Callahan to the Titans. Uh, something of an unknown. I'll give him a five, maybe a six. He did a really nice job in the development of Joe Burrow. Obviously, his father is a legendary offensive line coach. But he's not someone that I... I can claim to know a lot about, and I think to go from Vrabel to Callahan, if I'm a fan of that team, would be a pretty uninspiring move to make. Here's the thing I will say about it, though. I like that he wasn't just some hot X and O guy because we get, not we, the owners get lost in that. They get lost in, look how great Josh McDaniels is at X's and O's. X's and O's have almost nothing to do with being a great head coach. Being a great head coach is about being a leader. You are quite literally the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Each of these individual franchises are worth billions of dollars, and that locker room is one of the most complicated places to manage in any workplace anywhere. And so the fact that they didn't go out and get some hot X and O guy, because this guy was not the play caller all these years and all the rest of that, but instead hired someone who they identified as having a leadership quality, that strikes me as the right direction to go. Now, obviously, I can't vouch for it. He's not someone I know anything about. But I like the fact that they didn't just grab someone because he was really, really good at designing an offense. Dave Canales, Carolina, all I would ask is, I mean, what did he ever do to you? What did poor Dave do that, that we have somehow saddled him with this? <laughs> I mean, the Carolina Panthers, it is incredible that any NFL team has fallen to this place. I cannot remember a time when there was a team in the National Football League that everyone found as radioactive as they find Carolina right now. With the number one pick in the country playing quarterback for you entering a second season. With, with a quarterback that everyone a year ago at this time thought was a surefire can't miss. For sure. Um, I'm going to give this a three. The reason I'm... Highly skeptical. I think he did a great job this year in Tampa with Baker Mayfield. He also spent a dozen years in Seattle. They have a head coach opening, and they didn't give him the job. They know a lot more about him than Carolina does. That doesn't mean that Carolina is getting this wrong, but I think it is to say that if they like that guy enough, he'd be the head coach of the Seahawks. And then finally, Raheem Morris getting the head coaching job with the Falcons and Bill Belichick, who interviewed for the job twice, not. I give it a 10. I love everything that I've heard from anyone who knows the guy, whether he worked for them, whether they worked for him, whether they, whether they played for him, whatever. Like He has a reputation that is beyond reproach in NFL circles. He's young. He's super positive. His scheme works. He's coaching under Sean McVay. He's done everything that you need to do to deserve the job. He's also got six years of experience in Atlanta, was their interim for a while, and coached at a high level there. So I think it makes all the sense in the world. I just remove Bill Belichick from the equation. I give it a 10. But when Bill Belichick is in the equation, it obviously changes absolutely everything. I think that the last part of it is, is exactly the right part. I think there's nothing about the Raheem Morris hiring not to like. There's a lot to question about not hiring Bill Belichick and the reasons why they may not have. Uh, don't forget we have NBA action tomorrow night. Nuggets, Sixers, presented by Indeed. Coverage 5 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. Don't make any wagers on this weekend's games until you hear from Joe Fortenbaugh next on ESPN Radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. I'll point out all the music today is from 1991, which Bubba uh, informs us is the last time the Detroit Lions played in a conference championship game. They'll do it again on Sunday. We'll see how they'll do. Joe Fortenbaugh joins us here. You hear him every weekday. Carlin versus Joe here on ESPN Radio. We'll get all the gambling stuff in for you in a minute. Plus, I have a special boost for everybody on ESPN Bet for Sunday's games that I'll get to in a minute. But first, Joe, I have to get to the bottom of this controversy you had yesterday on your show. So Hembo records a trivia question for Carlin versus Joe. Is it every week you do one a week? Is yes, that what we do it is? once a week, every Thursday. And it's called the Hembo Hammer, is that right? That's yeah, right. Yeah, and it's not exactly heavy lifting. It's once a week. Okay, once a week. And apparently... Unpaid, Joe, unpaid, by the way. Joe took issue. Oh, it's paid. <laughs> we'll go right to the top on that one. <laughs> the, the, the issue, Hembo, excuse me, Joe took issue with Hembo's ambiguous wording of the question yesterday. So let's hear the question. Your question is this. Who is the only quarterback in the history of the Chargers to start multiple conference championship games? Good luck. And so... What was the answer? The correct answer was Dan Fouts. Dan Fouts. Joe, what was your issue with that? My issue is that Drew Brees is also a correct answer. Drew Brees was a Chargers quarterback who also appeared in multiple conference championship games. Mm. The question never said Chargers quarterback who went to conference championship games with the Chargers. And Hembo, being a fan of Immaculate Gridiron and all the other games, Hembo, you play those games like I do. Of course. You know that we can go ahead and select Adrian Peterson as a member of the New Orleans Saints who won an MVP, although he won that MVP with the Minnesota Vikings. 
I, I think he's 100% right. You think Joe's right? Yes, absolutely. Are you, you could, out of your mind? No, you could easily have framed the question very simply, who is the only quarterback to start for the Chargers in more than one conference championship game? You didn't say that. You asked Chargers quarterback to start a conference championship game. In a court of law, Joe has you right where he wants you. Yeah, are, are, we, are we in a court of law? No, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, yes. That seems to be the way we um, run this program. His, his co-host, Chris Carlin, got the answer right and took umbrage with his taking umbrage. Well, he agrees I mean, with me. I don't think you're making the point you think That's you're not going to help you. No, yeah, one, no one's going to side with Carlin. You don't want him in your pocket. And, and by the way, Greeny, this does highlight why, in fact, the Hembo Hammer is unpaid on a weekly basis. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, to be completely honest with you, having now heard this exchange, I think that you might want to have to offer to pay something to get yourself on that show. Nice. And the reason... And the reason I've done this, and I've done this before, as a law school graduate who promptly failed the bar exam, I hold Paul and Greeny in extremely high regard. Not just this show. I watch you guys on Get Up Every Day. Who is Paul? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with his legal court name now. We're going with his court name. I hold you guys in high regard. So, Hembo, when that question comes out in such sloppy manner, I got to point that out, man. You can't be slipping later in the day. I know it's a busy morning. But we expect the best from you, the very best. The slippage, that's for that's for guys farther down the roster, man. There's no you, slippage. Your no ambiguity. To, there's a lot of slippage. There's none. You don't even say. We don't even get the what's up, boys. We used to get that every week. We don't even get that anymore. There's no pleasantries. Well, that's because our relationship is no longer pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Greeny with you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Here's Fortinball. Okay, I've got a boost this week as, as often uh, as I usually do on ESPN Bet. You can download the ESPN Bet app right now. And, Joe, my boost, which is called Seeing Green, is for the conference championship games, the two of them together on Sunday. It is the over on seven and a half touchdown passes for the four quarterbacks combined. So Goff and Purdy and Lamar and Mahomes over seven and a half is the boost. It's at plus 140 if you think that the four of them will go over seven and a half touchdown passes combined. That's my boost on the ESPN bet app right now. What do you think? The night game is going to have to get you there. And that's where you're going to make hay on this one because golf against the Niners secondary, which is their weak spot, and Purdy against the Lions secondary, which is their weak spot, that's where you're going to make up the touchdowns. You're probably going to need five there, I would say, maybe four. Early game's an interesting one. Total's sitting around 44, so we could see some scoring there. And obviously with Mahomes, you think big passing, all this explosion. I, I, I don't. I don't. I very much like the Ravens in that game, and we can dig into that more. But Patrick Mahomes against this defense with his wide receiving unit, you might not get a whole lot out of him. Maybe one. If you get two, fantastic. You're on house money. But between he and Lamar, if you can escape the morning with three touchdowns there, you're in great shape. Because the afternoon, the late game, that's going to be the one that carries you there. Yeah, the, the, the Lions secondary in particular is weak. I'm actually going right now on ESPN Bet's app to see where the number is. The number right now is at four. Yeah. Baltimore minus four. I'd seen it earlier in the week at three and a half. If everyone is telling me the Ravens are going to kill them, I mean, everyone is telling the Ravens are so much better. Their defense is all-time historically great. The Chiefs are so this, aren't this and that and all the other things they aren't. Why is this number not closer to a touchdown, Joe? Well, I mean, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, who very rarely throughout his career is even in the underdog role. I think it's somewhere around maybe 10 total games. Don't quote me on that, but it's somewhere in the neighborhood at most. Yeah, that's right. At at 128, by the way. Look at you. Is it really 10? Yeah, it was 10 going into last week, so it's 11 now. Wow. 
Okay, so dynamite drop in there, Hembo. See, now we're now we're now we're vibing. Now yeah. we're back in now we're back together. Yeah, now it's magic and cream. But, but I guess back. what I'm saying is, if I'm <laughs> sitting home and I'm listening, I'm watching Get Up this week. I'm thinking to myself, I am pounding the Ravens. Yeah. I, I'm I'm giving these points so willingly, it doesn't seem like nearly enough. Public dog, right? Like the books do have to realize they're going to take a lot of money on Patrick Mahomes because you have plenty of people walking around saying it's Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. What am I missing here? Game open three, got bet up to three and a half. Now we're seeing the market move to four. We talked about this game last week. We liked Kansas City against Buffalo for two very key reasons. Number one, the rest advantage. Number two, Buffalo's defense was very very depleted going into that game, and then it obviously became even worse. Those two advantages, they flipped themselves this week. Baltimore has the rest advantage now. They've got the extra day, plus they had the bye two weeks ago, and on top of that, that was a war for the for the Chiefs last week, an absolute war. Bodies going down left and right, and oh, by the way, this is the number one defense in the NFL, so I, I think the Ravens are in a tremendous spot here. I'd play the alt line. I'd lay the seven and a half. It's Ooh. around plus 160. I, I think as much as we love Mahomes, we're framing the question poorly. We keep asking, oh, Mahomes isn't good enough for this, or, or can Mahomes do it? It's not about Mahomes. His receiving unit is subpar, and that's what's going to burn them in this game. The people around Mahomes are going to let him down. It's not going to be Mahomes. It's going to be raining, too, by the way. Not going to make it any easier. It looks like a drizzle, yeah, Yeah. which favors the rushing attack from Baltimore. Sure does. And then the other game, I got the Niners on ESPN Bet's app. I have the Niners at minus seven and a half. How do you like that one? You can still find the seven, which is what I would advise. I would be playing San Francisco there. I think we can take the recency bias from what we've seen last week, and we can give ourselves an edge with the Niners. Let me start with the Lions. This is going to be the second time Jared Goff has played an outdoor game since October 23rd. Second. That's it. He has been indoors for the last three months. This season, when playing indoors, he's 11-3, 70% completion percentage, 28 touchdowns to eight interceptions, quarterback rating 101. Outdoors, 3-2, 63% completion percentage, five TDs, four picks, 82 quarterback rating. I think we're down on the Niners because of what we saw last week. It was a bad game plan from Shanahan. He did not pivot when the game was raining. It almost cost him. It didn't. I think the Ravens, or I think the Niners, put it on him a little bit here. So Joe, like a lot of other people, likes the the, the uh, favorites heavy this weekend. All right, we'll be listening to you today at noon. And, and again, I'm on your 100 percent on your side Smart. on the lack of specificity of the question. <laughs> Smart. That's that Northwestern degree, Greeny. Yeah. Smartly done. That's correct. Uh, so there you go. That's Joe Fortenbaugh. Thank you very much. Again, my boost is up on ESPN Bet right now. Plus 140 if you think the four quarterbacks will combine to throw over seven and a half touchdowns. Uh, We have a ton left to do today, including who you got, some more picks, and, and a lot more fun along the way. Stay with us on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.